It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 93. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to our podcast. We have a great episode lined up this week. You're certainly going to enjoy it. We have Big Ten Special Teams Football Player of the Week, Dragon Kesich, Gopher kicker, whose four field goals helped send the Gophers to a victory over Iowa in Iowa City, and he led the chase to grab the coveted Floyd of Rosedale Trophy at Kinnick Stadium. We'll also talk hockey this week with Gopher star forward Jimmy Snuggerud of Chaska. He's playing like an All-American already for the top-ranked men's hockey team in the country. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone. And True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $100 $50 million. Get a confidential, no cost, no obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. And our thanks to Brian Slipka at the very top of the food chain there, who does so much for the community, including supporting Golden Gopher Athletics. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union is also a big sponsor of the Go Gopher podcast. Life math is complicated, and Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union makes it easier with local financial experts available to help in person or virtually. You can learn more at affinityplus.org slash gophers. They sponsor our player profile segment supporting Golden Gophers student-athletes. We're also sponsored by Cub, a proud supporter of the Go Gopher podcast. In a hurry? Don't worry. Cub delivers. Get fresh meat, produce, everyday essentials, and more delivered to your door. Cub's the official grocer of the Golden Gophers and proud to support Gopher Athletics for over 20 years. The Go Gopher podcast is also sponsored by Head Flyer Brewing, located in northeast Minneapolis, right next door to campus. A great vibe, great beer, and much more. Go to headflyerbrewing.com for a list of cool events they have on site, including some things happening this weekend. Take a flyer, Head Flyer Brewing. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at champlininsurance.com. We're podcasting episode 93 from the Aquarius Home Services studio. We also want to thank Dinky Town Athletes for helping us secure some of our interview guests for the Go Gopher podcast to help support the cause, you can log on to dinkytownathletes.com. We invite you to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to do so, and you can go back and listen to the Go Gopher podcast for free at any point from all previous weeks. Last week's episode, for example, we previewed that Gopher-Hawkeye game with the voice of the Hawkeyes, Gary Dolphin, one of our very best friends in broadcasting. He's the best, and he had a great visit with us. This episode, we're still talking Golden Gopher football as well as Golden Gopher Hockey. Star forward Jimmy Snuggerud will join us in the second half of the podcast, and the Serbian Hammer, Dragan Kesic, the Minnesota kicker, will join us next. I'm Clay Geary, walk-on, turn scholarship, wide receiver for Gopher football. And I'm Ben Utek, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy Uncommon Award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. To learn more about True North and our diverse family of independently owned companies, visit truenorthequitypartners.com. When we say that Cub Milk is the freshest in town, we mean it. Less than 48 hours from farm to store fresh. We guarantee seven days or more of freshness. It all starts with local dairy farmers who take great care in making sure all the cows are happy and healthy. We support local farm families 365 days a year. And that makes our milk even more delicious. So you always get the freshest milk and the biggest smiles. It's episode number 93, the Go Go for podcast with Mike Grimm, and we have the reigning Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week, Dragon Kesich, with us. A return visit, um, second visit this season, third all time visit on the Go Go for podcast. And, yep. uh, reason to chat because uh, what a fun day last Saturday was, huh? Yeah, great, great team victory. Uh, brought Floyd back home. So 
Yeah, it was a it was a great victory. And you had a big part in it. We mentioned uh, special teams player of the week for the second time. By the way, you got it in week one uh, for the game winning kick, uh, and you also had another kick that day uh, against Nebraska. Uh, Tyler Newbin won defensive player of the week the same week against yep. Nebraska, and then again this past week for his efforts. So pretty cool uh, combo platter <laughs> you guys got going here on some of these big games with uh, Nebraska and Iowa. Um, I'm going to ask you about the game. I'm going to ask you about the kicks, um, but I got to first ask you about the race to Floyd. So <laughs> you were the first one there. I was. So take me through how uh, how you beat everybody there. And uh, do, did you have to, were you doing a little pre-scouting to find out where Floyd was? Yeah, I was. So it was uh, after Wally's interception, uh, I was asking people on the sideline. I'm like, where's Floyd? Where is he? And then I spotted him uh, like kind of behind the upright, but he was a little bit to the left of him. And Newbin was like, hey, where is he? I was like, he's behind the upright. He's behind the upright. So you can see like uh, in the video, Noob goes right and I go straight to Floyd. But it was like, it was like, I was like, Noob, get back, get back, get back. And then I took off. So, so you geeked yeah. him a little. Yeah, I geeked him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Sorry. Nice. But. So you get there, you, you sprint, you get there. It's 98 pounds. <laughs> Um, was it heavier than you thought? I yeah. mean, hundred pounds almost is a hundred pounds almost. Yeah, it was, it was, I was, I had to wait for somebody else to pick it up because I didn't want, I didn't want to hurt myself. <laughs> but yeah, I think I forgot who the next person was, but I was like, let's lift it up. And then we lifted it. And by the time we lifted it, everybody was there. Yeah. So, so I, it was funny. I just did an interview that uh, we'll hear on the pregame show this Saturday with Nick Caller up and I asked him, you know, was he one of the first ones there? And he said that the offensive guys kind of got the short end of it because the clock's winding down. They have the 10 second runoff. They don't think they need to snap it, but they also don't want to just take off exactly yeah you know so they were kind of hanging out and they got to watch you guys go through. yeah they were putting a tough spot because yeah that whole the whole way it ended was so confusing yeah. i didn't i mean that like, last three minutes is some of the craziest yeah like we didn't up. have to knee it and then the time ran out i was like i don't know i'm just gonna run at it yeah and then yeah they had to stay there away for the time to get hit zero while we were there when there's eight seconds left in the clock so yeah um was the feeling as good as you thought it would be it was it was amazing. Yeah. Especially like not only for this team, but for all the guys that were here before us. Like I even like seeing Mariano cry was just brought joy to my life. Yeah. To see him back and and knowing how close some of those guys were, because yeah. last year it was close. Twenty twenty, not as close here. Nineteen was close. A play here or there, and mm -hmm. you know over the course of the time uh, they had won eight straight. Six were by I think it was eight or less, or wow. maybe even seven or less. Um, that said, throughout most of that, for whatever reason, the Gophers didn't. Um, ever get much of a lead in any of those games. You're always playing from behind, including Saturday. Correct. Yeah. Uh, settling for field goals, which meant uh, some of that onyx of uh, winning that game fell to your left foot, and yeah. you were able to deliver. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, Kinnick is a, is a wild atmosphere, probably one of my favorite atmospheres in college football, uh, except for the part where they threw stuff on the field at yeah. us. But, yeah. uh, like, it was a windy day. It was what, how many people did they hold? Seventy thousand? Yeah, six. Yeah, seventy. Yeah, yep, something yep. like that. So I mean, it was it was a it was a great challenge, and the boys went head on, and we came out victorious. So the wind at times was up to thirty. I think it was consistent, like eighteen to twenty three yeah. miles an hour. Um, at the start of the game, we actually made reference on the radio. The flags at the national anthem, the color guard on the field, were blowing from where you guys were across mm. from the radio booth yeah. toward us. Yeah, the it, flags at the top <laughs> were blowing straight to the hospital. The opposite. <laughs> Way, yeah. And the flags to our left, the north end where Floyd was, um, this is pregame now, yeah. um, they were blowing, some on the other end were blowing toward us, some on the other end. So how did you in pregame try to figure out what the situation was? I mean, I was kind of finding like behind the uprights things to aim at and then how the ball would fly after after it came off my foot. So pregame, I was finding those like pre-marked locations. And then if I hit it and it was a good ball and, it, and the wind didn't affect it too much, I was consistent with that in the game. And that's really what helped me out. Yeah. And did the wind then have some impact? I mean, was it a oh, factor I, on, on all five attempts? I, I, I think so. Like it was, it wasn't as much as like kicking into it and kicking with it. It was more like kicking... I don't even know because it was going across it was a crosswind the field. for yeah. a while, right? So yeah. it was just like hit your ball, hit your purest ball, and yeah. whatever happens, happens. So the um, you go down the first one. What was the first one? A forty-three yarder, yeah, right? Forty-three, yeah, forty-three. Yeah. So um, it was just normal. Yeah, the kick. Yeah, that one. Uh, I think the wind might have died down a little bit on that one, but uh, it was a normal Brady snap, Crawford hold, Kessich kick, and yeah. Yeah, away it went. Away. You knew you knew the second it left your foot. Yeah, then the second one. Uh, is the one I missed. Yep. Yeah, I pulled it. I, that was into a wind. Yeah, that was into the was wind. Was the wind a factor? Or did you just uh, miss hit it or? Combo? I think both. Yeah, I, I definitely miss hit it. 
But I think the wind also played a factor. But it was I think it was more about the miss hit than the wind, which is what affected the ball. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes as a golfer, you're not always so. going to square it up, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So you missed that one. Yeah. Um, and that was actually uh, uh, you and I talked on Wednesday after practice because uh, your first career attempt came down there. Yeah. Um, back in 2021. Correct. Yeah. And it was it, it was that way towards same, the north, but it was 54 yards. Yeah. Same hash, same direction. Um, so it's the same the same area. Uh, I mean, the same area of the field. This was a shorter yeah. kick um but the reason i bring it up not to say that hey you missed your first field goal <laughs> attempt but uh when we talked wednesday after practice about it you said that you felt great when the f- ball left your foot they blocked yeah. it it was yeah a, you, you had to get maybe a low trajectory to get the 54 yeah but yeah, i would yeah definitely a lower trajectory but i also uh it was like covid and like yeah i was out sick and it was uh 100 i thought it was gonna go in you hit it nice. I hit it. I hit it pure, and then it just hit the guy's forearm, and I was like, "Oh, I I, I hit that two two belly of the ball rather than up to yeah. get it up," and I was like, "Ah, I just remember because everything went silent. That was my first field goal attempt in college, and everything went silent, and all I heard was the the boom of the ball hitting the forearm, and I was like, ah." How did you have time to be nervous for that kick? No, it was, it was so quick. It was right? so quick, and it was just like go, and I was like, "All right, I'm locked in. Let's go." Yeah. And then the rest was history. And the rest is history. So then you had to sit on that thing for, for a year and a half correct, right, or yeah. so. And then, you know, you get the game winner on uh, on the opening Thursday night. Um, so how much satisfaction did you take in, in getting back to that place? Yeah, and- it was unreal satisfaction because it, it's weird because I the blocked one from 53 on that hash. Then I have the the missed one from that hash. And then yeah. I had the one that put us up 12-10 from that hash. That was that a go hash. ahead. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was it was a big sigh of relief to be able to get back in that stadium and, and take care of business. Yeah. And the second, the, the kick that you missed, um, that came after the sack. Um, yeah. And, we're, and I think Gardzi mentioned on the sideline that um, do you usually warm up uh, if if you're getting into field goal range, yeah, I usually hit a couple into the into the net. But on that one, you didn't. Nah, I I hit it uh, like on like first down. Usually I do yeah. it on third. Yeah. But I yeah, I just yeah. I think I kind of went into it like, let's just do this thing, which is yeah. the wrong mindset to have. <laughs> but yeah, he wasn't sure if maybe you were told, hey, we're gonna go for it here, yeah, uh, nah. wait or hold. You're just yeah, ready to, yeah, I was just ready at all times. You're yeah. ready at all times. All right, so you missed that one, and then yeah. um, you go down. You've got to you got to get three more to get the point. So take me yeah. through. I'm trying to think. The next one was 44. 44, yeah. And that's back to the south end. Yeah, that's back to the south end. That one felt really good off the foot. Uh, it was it was good to see it go through, especially after that after that miss. Uh, and you had I, a little draw on that. Yeah, one too, yeah, because right? I thought I was I was like, oh, it's coming back, yeah. and then nah, it stayed. And then after that was 31 going the same direction. Yep. Uh, again, great snap, great hold. Always. That was after the sack fumble of Newbin yeah. and Williams, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah, and then we got yep, and then uh, hit that. So now it's 10-9. And in the back of my head, I'm like thinking, wow, like if I would have made that one that I missed, it would have been 12-10. We'd be in a good spot. And then the offense or defense got us into a. That was another sack, right? No, it wasn't because this was after DJ's DJ's explosive play. Yeah, yeah, forty-one so, yard yeah. or thirty-nine yard or whatever. Yeah, it was. so yep. the offense did their thing, got us in the field goal range, and then I was able to respond and put us up too. Yeah, and that one felt good too. You yeah, knew that it was one, in. Yeah, that one felt. Money. And so, what's the emotion now? All right, uh, as a kicker, I've put us up. Yeah, and so now, what do you do? Just wait. Yeah, just wait for my next opportunity i mean i'm kind of on the sidelines like giving some juice giving some energy to the guys but i'm always ready in case uh in case we gotta hit another one so you you make the four field goals you win the award uh you you help the gophers beat the hawkeyes for the first time in a while um guards did some interviews post game you were one of those interviews and i was taken aback I shouldn't have been uh, because I know what this game means. I know how much hard work you guys pour into it. But um, even with all that, it reminded me of the 2018 game in Madison because that was an even bigger hump. That was like yeah. a 14 or 15 year drought uh, yeah. to win the axe. But um, and then some people are like, ah, oh, they celebrate like it's a Super Bowl. But I don't think people understand what. One you go through, correct. The work you guys all pour into it, from top of the roster to the bottom of the roster, um, then having to hear about the streak, and you know, oh man, we had a nice season, but okay, go beat Iowa, go beat Iowa. So, yeah. was it just kind of that release of everything at it the was, end of that game? Yeah, because uh, we haven't won there since what nineteen ninety nine. Ninety nine. So. I, I wasn't even a thought, yeah, right? And so going over there and just being able to get it done, it's like, because my since so what year were you born? Two thousand two. Wow, is that right? Yeah, I'm so it's old. Kinda, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. So like twenty twenty when I got here, like it was always like beat Iowa, beat Iowa, and we haven't beat Iowa. And it's always been like just seeing the like how angry and 
uh, upset people were that we just we couldn't beat Iowa. Yeah. So finally getting that victory and and like after we we're on the bus, I was FaceTiming all my old teammates and they're all excited like, oh, we gotta we gotta come back, we gotta we gotta pet Floyd, like all this stuff. So it's it means a lot to us. It means a lot to the state. It means a lot to all the ex-gophers. So it's with all the hard work and all the stuff we put in, it's it's just an honor and it's it brings joy to all of us. Yeah, and so then you got your hands on on, on did did, did uh, Floyd feel as good as you thought he'd feel? I mean, he felt a, amazing. Yeah. He felt amazing. You got was, some pictures. I did get some pictures. We uh we got to put him in his in his pen uh, the other day, and that was that was awesome. Yeah, um, and then with all of that, you mentioned some uh, you FaceTimed and texted some teammates. Can yeah. you share some names who uh, guys who really loved seeing what you guys did? Uh, John Michael Schmitz. Yeah. Uh, I called Brock Walker, Matthew yeah. Trickett, a lot of the old specialists. A lot of the old specialists were. Uh, we have a group chat still, like uh, Matthew Stevenson, uh, Durs, Grant Ryersey, all these guys, and we're just texting. They're texting how proud they are. They're all loving it. They're all loving it. They're yeah. excited. They can't wait to come pet Floyd. <laughs> so, and he is in his pen right now. So. Um, the Gophers win the game. So aside from that, now you've got to um, Sunday night put on those leather vests as a team. Yep. And uh, it is – look, I think it served the program well, the the approach of one-game championship seasons, and no game's more important than the other. Yeah. But that said, like Saturday was – like you can't tell me that wasn't oh, – yeah, that wasn't just a one-game championship yeah, yeah. season, right? You want to think of it that way, but it's hard to think of it that way. Yeah, because human that, nature. Exactly. Right? Which we, we fight human nature, but with that with a game that big, with a game that means that much – Especially like when you're just standing on the sidelines, you got the you got the fans like chirping like all like negative things at you, and then finally just being able to turn around and just hold Floyd up to them, and yeah. then take it over to our fans. You know, my brother jumped on the field, <laughs> so that was awesome. It was it was it was just a surreal moment, and I'm happy that like my family was there and the boys were there with me to celebrate. Yeah, and so then on the flip side of that, there was a lot of emotion. Sunday night you have the meetings. How do you? And maybe it's different as a kicker. Yeah. And PJ this week made it clear he's like don't just don't call Dragon just a kicker. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to ask you about that in a minute about, um, you know, he looks to you as one of the top team leaders on this team, which I think is cool, which I'll, I'll ask about. But yeah. the reason I bring it up is whether you're a kicker, whether you're a linebacker or a quarterback, how do you now get through that without, you know, because you're going to have to, I mean, Michigan State's a pretty, yeah, you know, their record's yeah. two and five, but that doesn't, you yeah. know, they're playing, you know, they probably felt they should have won at Kennedy yeah, a few weeks ago, have, right? They have freaks everywhere. So yeah. now you move back to that one, one game championship season, you don't take anybody lightly you know you don't play the thing where you play up to your opponent you play down to your opponent we play minnesota golden goal for football and we believe that's good enough to get the job done and we have trust in everybody on the team from scout team all the way up to starters and it's just about going out there and doing our jobs more questions for Dragon Kesich here on episode 93. Let me uh, first, though, talk about our good friends from Affinity Plus. They are your local credit union, proudly serving Minnesota since 1930. They're a proud sponsor of the Go Gopher podcast. And if you're a current Gopher student or a proud Gopher alum, that's one way you're eligible to join this financial that wants to build a meaningful banking relationship and put you first. You can meet with a local employee at any of their branches statewide. There's one right here near campus on University in Minneapolis and, again, all over the state. To learn more, or find other ways to connect, here's the webpage, affinityplus.org slash gogophers. That's affinityplus.org slash gogophers. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA. And uh, we want to thank them for their support of student-athletes as well. They have a $100 gift card for Dragon for much. his appearance here on the show. Um, we mentioned that uh, PJ, we, I asked him about this in his news conference on Monday and then again on the Coaches Show Tuesday um, about, uh, one, how comforting or confident it is for him to know he's got a kicker that can put it through the uprights it's feeling good that has some leg can can you know kick from over 50 and he said that that part's great but he really um loves the fact that you are not just a kicker that you're yeah. a team leader you got a big personality uh you lead the team in community service hours all that stuff take me through one when you hear that from the coach talking about you that way but two why it's important for you to be a team leader and to be a community service guy. Yeah, uh, it's an honor to hear that from Coach Fleck. You know, one time uh, we we're just out throwing the ball in the football field after practice, and he saw me throw, and he's like, "You're an athlete." I was like, "Thanks, <laughs> Coach. That means a lot." So yeah, it's cool to hear that from him, and like going along with the the community service and being a team leader and stuff. I I just love giving back. You know, I had a pretty well grow, uh, upbringing. My parents did pretty well, and uh, I've always liked giving back to the less fortunate. 
because not everybody is as fortunate as I am. So I just like doing that stuff, and I like encouraging my teammates to do that stuff. Um, I like leading guys. I like taking uh, a leadership role. Um, it's something that my dad and mom instilled in me when I was a kid, and I think it comes naturally, especially uh, having Crawford there to help me. Uh, yeah. Him and I kind of bounce ideas off of each other and talk about things that we can implement in the team to help us be more successful. And I think uh, we've done a done a great job about that. Speaking of Crawford, he had a sneaky good game. I yeah. think it goes overlooked a it, little bit. Now, again, that last punt, yeah. you know, say what we want about it. The rule's the rule. It, I'm, I'm shocked at how much backlash there's been because it's a clear it, – it, I mean, PJ's exactly right. There is no controversy. The rule is the rule. Correct. Um, I mean, anyone – most anyone who follows football should know when you – Give the sneak away, get away, yep. fire, poison, Peter, whatever it is. Exactly. You can't return it. Exactly. And, uh, to me, the best way I've tried to explain it to people is, yeah, but then why'd they review it and all this stuff? It's like, well, if a ball bounces and a receiver catches it yeah. and runs in for a touchdown, do you think that play should be reviewed? Exactly. And they say yes. Yeah. Well, why would this one not be reviewed? Exactly. It, 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 the guy is not, you know what would have been, because uh, I mean, it is a hell of a bad way to lose if you're Iowa, right? Yeah. You're thinking the whole place is going nuts. Kid is an incredible talent. Correct. How he got through that, I don't know. He did, <laughs> scored, and then the trap door falls out on them. So I, yeah. I get the emotion of it. But um, it isn't It isn't like, okay, did he step out of bounds? No. Okay, had he, what would have happened? Yeah. They'd overturned it. Exactly. And this isn't, there's no subjectiveness to this. Yeah. I mean, this is, he waved his arm. He waved his arm four times in that game <laughs> yeah. because Crawford did a nice job of directionally kicking, not just on the hash, but outside the numbers. He waved his arm three times in the first half exactly the same way, but the ball rolled dead. Yeah. In this case, the one this bounced high. Yeah. I don't think he had an intent to return it until he saw the bounce, and I don't want to get too much into it. Yeah. The, the point is Crawford had a pretty good game. Aside from that return, which certainly wasn't his fault, he put that ball as in a perfect he, spot, right? Wide, it, was, it was six inches from the tick mark. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he put that exactly where the coaches wanted him to. I mean, the player made a hell, a hell of a play, but— yeah. But I mean, part of why he kicked it there was so that you do the getaway side. Exactly. That guy can return it from anywhere. We saw that. Yeah. So I thought that was, yeah. I mean, I don't know. He didn't have any return yards, right? Seven, like zero. Maybe? Zero was a yeah, zero. Because yeah, because they returned one, but it was a block in the back. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And then. Yeah. yeah and no. then the one that, that they called back, exactly. which was reviewed and corrected. Yeah, uh, exactly. Because the miss was they didn't blow it dead the second he touched it. That yeah. was the miss. People, for whatever reason, are really struggling to grasp that. And it's not an uncommon play. It's not. I mean, I think it was seven times between the two punt returners they did the wave off. So yeah, exactly. And it's one time they decided to try to return it, and that's a whistle dead. Yeah, you can't do it. And Croft, yeah. Croft did a great job of eliminating that uh, number three from any yeah. explosive plays because he is a he's if he can get his hand you saw yeah if he can get his hands on the wall he can make something happen. I mean, he's going to be playing in the NFL. He's going to be a first or second round pick. Correct. And um, that's why you, why you have uh, Mark Crawford uh, not punt it right to him, <laughs> exactly. but, but you know strategically keep it away from him a little bit. So I thought that was a sneaky part of the game uh, that they you know eliminated the, uh, the some of that, and he still you know made some good plays for sure. What will, was going through your mind though when you saw that play? I was standing there. I'm like, okay, I saw the punt location, and I'm like, okay, great punt, Crawford, great punt. And then I saw number three just, just <laughs> yes, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I've, when I tell you, I've never heard something so loud. Yeah. Kinnick was unreal. That was the loudest thing I ever heard. And as I'm watching, like I know I shouldn't watch this, but I saw Crawford lay somebody out. Yeah, I, I heard. I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. I got to go back and watch. So he he leveled somebody. He leveled yeah. somebody. He's like, it's not that impressive. He was like 190 pounds. I'm like, hey, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. But I was just like in awe. And then I remember uh, they went to review it. Because I think that at first, I think they were reviewing to see if he stepped out. Yeah. And then, uh, so then we saw on the, uh, the Jumbotron that he didn't step out. And we're like, oh. And then I look over at Coach Flack and he's like, it's coming back. It's coming back. And I'm like, what? I'm a, so then I start going, it's coming back, it's coming back. <laughs> and everybody's like, no, what are you talking about? And then it happened. They announced and it. Uh, it, was, it went from, like, shocked to we're still in we're this. We're back in. We're back yeah. in it. We're going to win this thing. Exactly. And then the defense uh, made the play. They got uh, uh, Danny Strigo gets the sack on the first play after the after the ball's brought back to the 46. And then uh, uh, an incomplete. And then Wally jumps in and yep. gets the pick. And now it's Neil down. And it's Trigon Kesich on the way to get Floyd. Yeah, exactly. Defense, yeah. defense had... <laughs> An amazing game. I, I have some about some crazy stat about the second half. You know, Coach Rossi knows knows what he's doing. So yeah. it was awesome to see yeah, that. Twelve yards total for Iowa in that second um, half. Yeah. So I've got an, a, an interesting story. Many of our listeners know this. I grew up in Iowa, going really? to games there. Oh, so I'm when I was ten years old, 1981. Wow, it was my third game ever going there. Yeah. Minnesota's 
playing a ranked Iowa team. It's the last time Minnesota beat a ranked Iowa team. I was at that game as a 10-year-old. Jeez. One of the all-time great gopher kickers, Jim Gallery, kicked four field goals, and Minnesota beat Iowa 12-10. to 10. Wow. What? That? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. How about that? That's crazy. So 40, whatever it is, two years later, yeah. you kick four field goals and beat Iowa 12-10. Wow. So That's there nuts. you go. And so I went, um, <laughs> having grown up in Iowa, I took, um, my, my brother still lives in Iowa, and yeah. then my best friend from like first grade still lives in Iowa. Mm-hmm. He um, he sometimes will, they both sometimes will come up in the booth and just watch because it's fun to go back and see family. Yeah. So uh, my best friend was in the booth. He, he was with us at that game when we were 10. Wow. Froze our rear ends off. It was like <laughs> windshield five. Um, and at the time then, you know, I'm, I'm devastated that Minnesota came in and won. Yeah. Now this time it's the total opposite That's where crazy. I'm like maroon and gold, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. And um, you're the guy that kicks the four field goals. And my buddy is up in the booth with me. He's, he's uh, helping spot and do things. And crazy. How it was nuts. Works. That's you know, nuts. 40, whatever it is, two years later. So <laughs> I didn't know um, that. That's wild. Yeah. So same score, wow. four field goals. And, um, and there you go. All right. So a couple of quick things. So you, the wind puts you at four and three, yep. not that you were ever out of it, but now you're right back in the thick of this thing. So Correct. what's the mentality for the team? Uh, we were in this exact same position last year, four, yeah, and, four three. and three, yeah, because right. we went, we won four in a row, and then we lost three in a row. And you know, it was always, it was always, we got to beat Iowa, we got to beat Iowa. Well, we checked that off the box this year, so now I think if I'm not mistaken, we we control our own destiny, or yes. maybe something like that's got to happen. But it's that one game championship season. You know, every game you got to attack, and you got to bring all all every, all the boys with you, mm-hmm. and we gotta we gotta do our thing. And players got to make plays. Your uh, success, um, how much fun are you having to finally get your chance and then to really not just like kind of muddle along, you're having an impact every week. I'm loving it. I, I, I love every moment. Uh, you know, the boys, I love all the boys. You know, even after every field goal, you know, everybody gives me a high five. Crawford and I and Brady do our, our little Spider-Man celebration. Uh, you know, it's it's. I'm loving every, every moment. I'm, I'm not taking a single moment for granted, and it's a true blessing. Yeah, and hopefully more great moments lie ahead as well. Michigan State this weekend. Yep. Um, I'd be remiss before we let you go as a Milwaukee guy. Yeah. The NBA season started this week. The Greek freak uh, signs a, what, 180 million dollars? $6 million three-year Three-year deal. So he's back with your Milwaukee Bucks. And yeah. then they make this trade in the offseason. I'm not a huge NBA guy, but I know enough that yeah. Damian Lillard's a pretty darn good player to <laughs> add to the Greek freak. Yeah, I was I was sitting in the training room, and uh, I was just scrolling on my phone, and I look on Twitter and it says Damian Lillard to the Bucks, And I didn't even think anything of it because it was always like Dame to Miami, Dame yeah, to yeah. Miami. And I was like, okay, the Bucks, you know, we have true holiday. Nobody, nobody's going to do anything. And I see Damian Lillard to the Bucks, And I was like, oh my goodness. It's sad because true holiday was a great player. Yeah. I, great defensive player, great offensive player, help us win a championship. But I saw Damian Lillard come in and I'm like, oh my goodness, we have a chance of winning another one. So we'll see how it goes. They play tomorrow. So we'll see how that one yeah. goes. Yeah, um, is that their opener tomorrow? Yeah, their opener yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, um, and then this weekend, Vikings Packers. Yes. So you got, I'm sure, teammates on the Gopher team that are Vikings guys, and yeah. you're a Packer guy, obviously. Correct. So any in-house bets here? Uh, Cody Lindenberg and I will probably like do like push-ups or something. Yeah. Because uh, he's looking a little small, so we got to get him looking <laughs> big a little bit. You, but, you can't do more yeah. push-ups than him. Uh, arguable. Really? No, nah, probably not. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's a he's a Vikings guy. I'm a Packers guy, so we'll probably get together, watch the game. Yeah. You know, talk talk a little smack to each other, but that's awesome. It'll be, it'll be. Um Serbian Hammer t shirts are out, right? They are. How's how are sales going? Pretty good. They're, they? they're going, yeah, in uh, I mean you win you help win the game against yeah. Floyd, you gotta sell some t shirts. Yeah, in uh the Milwaukee community, uh it's it's pretty big. Yeah. My parents are saying they're seeing people wearing them. So Is that right? All, yeah, that's awesome. It's awesome. It's a it's a great feeling. If you want to buy it, is that through Dinky Town Athletes? Dinky Town Athletes. So, how can people get the Serbian Hammer T-shirts or hoodies? Right? Yeah, Can hoodies, shirts, whatever. It's uh, in my Instagram bio. Okay. Or if you go on Dinky Town Athletes, they they like post it. There'll be a like, link somewhere. Yeah, you there'll can be go. a link in there. But it's pretty cool design. Did you help design it, or did someone? Uh, no, nah, I mean, I gave them like some ideas to like put the Serbian Hammer, and then they kind of they kind of ran with it. Yeah. So, how did the Serbian Hammer nickname come about? Norris Wilson came with it out of nowhere. He calls me Serbian Hammer, knower of all things. And they're like, "So, what do you want to put on the shirt?" They're like, "Oh, we can do like the release, the dragon, you know, something like that." And I was like, "Let's put Serbian Hammer." So then it was like a nice, cool uh, edit with like the balls, a hammer. And yeah. it was, it, it's pretty cool. I'm a, I'm a fan of it so go to the dinky town athletes page there'll be a link for the serbian hammer uh gear or your instagram or my what's the name of uh what's Uh, your handle it's my first name so d-r-a-g-a-n underscore serb s-e-r-b eight 
There you go. Well, I would wish you many more field goals, but I prefer touchdowns. Is that okay if I say that? Hey, that's perfectly extra cool because then I get extra points. Yeah, hopefully so you I, kick a whole exactly. bunch of extra points Saturday. I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. We always appreciate you coming appreciate on. Appreciate you Thank having you. me. He's awesome. He's Dragon Kesich, the Serbian Hammer. It's episode 93. Hey, Gopher fans, let me talk for a minute about Head Flyer Brewing, a proud sponsor of the Go Gopher podcast. They have a great location for so many reasons with a couple of cool events coming up. They're on Hennepin just near the Golden Gopher campus. Coming up on Friday, they have the Fall Sip and Bloom. You have to pre-register. Go to their webpage, Head Flyer Brewing. It's a Sip and Bloom class. It starts at 6 o'clock. It's a do-it-yourself flower arranging course. Coming up on Monday, they have a sushi-making class. And again, you have to pre-register 6.30 Monday night, Birmingham Sushi Classes. They'll be hosting this intimate and fun-filled evening at the Brew House. It's Head Flyer Brewing, all kinds of other good events as well. They've got two for Tuesdays. They have trivia night on on Wednesdays, and of course, it's a great pregame and postgame spot for Golden Gopher football games. Stop in before or after or both. They've got Gopher-themed craft beers for this fall, including the Ryu Ma and the Maroon Golden Ale. It's a great location, as mentioned. Great craft beer, great for socializing. they got big-screen TVs. They also can serve as the game watch for Gopher road games, so all of that at Head Flyer Brewing. Headflyerbrewing.com for all the info, all the events. Take a fly Head Flyer Brewing, proud sponsor of the Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm. Hi, Gopher fans. Switching is easy. We do it all the time. We switch on lights. We switch TV channels. We switch on the TV. And with the new transfer portal, some college students even switch colleges, which can seem crazy to us diehard fans. But what's not crazy is how you can switch and save with State Farm. In fact, my agency can switch you over so we can start saving today. My team is ready to welcome you to the State Farm neighborhood and show you it is, in fact, easy to switch and save. When you want the real deal, check us out at champlininsurance.com. Like a good neighbor. Neighbor, State Farm is there. Episode 93 rolls on the Go Gopher podcast. We're talking hockey this segment. Thrilled to be joined by Jimmy Snuggerud, Chaska, Minnesota, and good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. Thanks for having me on. I think the last time you and I talked on an official thing like this, you were, I think, where in Newfoundland or where the heck were the uh, juniors? <laughs> I forget now. Yeah, we were in Brunswick, right? Yeah, we were out in uh, Halifax, it would have been. Yeah, when Nova I was Scotia. With you. Yeah, Nova Scotia. How was that experience? It was good. It was crazy. Just uh, the atmosphere there, it just reminds me a lot of Mary honestly and you know what what different countries have to bring yeah let's talk about uh, your four games into the season you swept st thomas in opening weekend a fun night at the x you got the game winner in overtime two goals the next night and then split with uh, rival north dakota last week you're ranked number one four games in give me an assessment of uh, this golden gopher group yeah i think we've learned a lot early as a team i think just kind of you know the upbringing of our freshmen have been have been really cool to see them kind of build into our program and you know our young guys are learning our systems really really well right now uh, I think to start off with St. Thomas, we weren't super strong as a team. And, you know, the second night we came out a little bit more hot. But I think this last Friday against North Dakota, we really showcased what we have as a team. And, you know, obviously shutting them out. Justin Close played really good in our net. And then, you know, Saturday we kind of gave the puck away too much. But I think just this upcoming week against Wisconsin, it'll be a huge showcase showcase of the talent on our team and what we have to bring. Yeah, the that North Dakota was a um, you know it's a good early season test as you mentioned, especially with some of the uh, new bodies that you guys are putting out on the rink. What you what do you think you learned about uh, your team up against the top five team? Yeah, I mean, a lot of things, honestly, you, you go against North Dakota, you know, at Ralph's Engelstad Arena, it's a lot different than, you know, what you're going to see all season. I think just that 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 talent that, that was brought from them and, you know, the atmosphere that they bring is it's it's another level of college hockey, honestly. And, you know, so what some of our young guys brought to the table that, that those two games was really cool to see and really cool to watch. I think just yeah, kind of as we go on now, we you know, we learn from those games, we learn from what what we lost in the second night and you know we'll obviously bring uh whatever we have coming up the the young guys you mentioned you were that young guy last year with a number of others and there were you know veterans like faber and uh lacombe and johnson and you know who am i forgetting nyes although he was not <laughs> a young i mean he wasn't an old man either yeah. but a young guy so um how are you maybe trying to fill some of those shoes with now the new guys to know that you've been through it and you understand what what they're doing trying to fit in yeah basically just emulate exactly what they did to me I mean those are some of the 
I'd say the best leaders I've ever had. Brock Faber is, you know, he's in the NHL playing 25 minutes a night now. He understands, you know, the game of hockey. And, you know, go to Jackson Lacombe and Matthew Nyes. Those two older guys are both playing heavy minutes, you know, at the top league in the world right now. And, you know, to, to kind of learn from them and to hear what they have to say to me, I, you know, that's exactly what I'm trying to do to the younger guys right now. You know, kind of upbring them in. Realize that we play 40 games. You don't need to get it all in in the first, you know, three, four weeks of college hockey. But... I mean, just basically the motivation factors that I learned from them and what it takes to be a pro is, uh, are things that I'm kind of factoring into my life a lot and, you know, trying to prove to the freshmen. You were, as a freshman last year, of course, a first-round pick. So expectations were like, this kid's pretty good, and you came right out. I think game one, right, put put a goal, two goals maybe. Was it yeah. Mankato? Uh, yeah, it think? was game three. Game three. Yeah. Um, and you got a similar situation now with one of your line mates, at least early here with Oliver Moore, you know, first round pick lots of high expectations how do you try to help him along uh and 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 help him too specific to him yeah I think just not put pressure on yourself Ollie he really understands the game well and he's a motivated kid and he he knows really early and well that he doesn't need to put pressure on himself obviously you know he he's had a really hot start to the season right now and you know kind of just you know letting him know not to get too high and not to get too low and kind of keep that stable mindset moving along is is something that you know I'm trying to factor on him but he really understands it himself he's he's a very smart kid so you know he'll be good good to get him in the scoring column early too like you did last year I think if I'm remembering right Cooley um he he was he was uh you know pushing a little bit right it took him a minute and well once he got going then (laughs) it was like lights out right I'm gonna maybe go win the all the national awards but um is it good just to get that early goal and get it out of the way so you're not kind of pressing because I thought Logan pressed a little early last year right yeah I know I think Lindenwood was kind of the jump of a series for him and then on from there he kind of you know he he like you said, that just stepped back a little bit. And, you know, obviously he won all those awards at the end of the year. He's an unbelievable player. But, you know, getting that, that first one and kind of getting ahead of the game is is pretty important for, you know, especially guys like Ollie, just not put pressure on himself and, you know, realize that, you know, he's playing good games and he's enjoying it too. And you guys haven't been able yet to be full strength. Some guys are, you know, battling some injuries and different things. And so it, you know, and, and you know, Coach Motzko sometimes will change lines anyway. Mm-hmm. So who knows where it goes from here. But how how good do you think this group can be once everybody's healthy and once you maybe have some roles established? And I think he said last week that this next month he's going to, you know, everyone's going to learn a little bit because you look, you got the Badgers who are now ranked, Duluth's coming in, you got Michigan, Notre Dame conference games. I mean, uh, you're going to find out some things here in the next four weeks. Yeah, I think honestly the sky's the limit for our team. Uh, you know, we we shut out North Dakota top five team four to zero without Mikey Kester and Mason Evers. I think those two guys are, you know, some probably the biggest leaders in our locker room they understand the game and and what it takes to lead in the locker room and you know to have them back and to know that guys are filling roles in game five six seven and eight is pretty pretty massive to know that you know we can be even better than than what we had this last weekend what's the uh, I mean obviously you play on an NHL ice sheet often but what's it like being in your home arena now and even during the week you, you know in some weeks you don't have to go across the way to, to practice at Ritter uh, what's that been like yeah it's, it's honestly really different just kind of you don't have to walk all the way over to Ritter you just walk <laughs> out the locker room when you're on the ice but I think just and it's not really too different I think just the factors that you know it's a smaller ice rink and you don't have to go all the way over to Ritter and just kind of know that you get to practice on your own rink before you leave it just you know makes it a lot easier for our guys and have you I mean it's NHL is NHL but there are some you know even like Wisconsin right it's a little different mm-hmm. size it's not it's not like baseball where it's 90 feet to first base it can vary by a few feet how, how does the sheet play do you like it yeah I like it honestly I, I like how it's a little bit bigger than you know normal size I think just that little you know five feet of space is is pretty it makes a big difference in a hockey game and to know that you know when we go to North Dakota and smaller sheet and they're you know <laughs> running around trying to kill us and we're doing the same I think it's just kind of when we get home you know things slow down just like that that half second it's just so important and it just makes it that much you know you know more fun do you like the NHL size better than the Olympic or do you like more space <laughs> I like the NHL size more on the power play because you know shots are coming in quicker from from you know slower places but I think for you know five on five I play I, I like the hybrid but you know it really doesn't matter to me that much um you're uh, helping here on this podcast as part of uh, uh town athletes how has that been for you guys with the hockey team and and uh, school-wide as well dinkytownathletes.com for those that want to help out <laughs> yeah it's it's honestly really cool to just know that you know you know four or five years ago there wasn't this in, in college sports and you know that we have the opportunity opportunity to have this and and be here in this time and day and, you know get paid for being a college athlete it's really cool and i think that you know our guys 
definitely aren't taking it for granted. We understand that, you know, we obviously need to play well in order to earn that spot on in Dinkytown athletes. And I think just kind of, you know, having that, that, that foundation there for us and, you know, on our backswing, it's, it's really huge. And there's, um, you know, there's some justification in it when you think about your, you guys are coming out and there's 10,000 people there. So it's obviously there's money to be had and there's support to be had. And, you know, three, four years ago, it wasn't, you guys couldn't take advantage. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, uh, I think it's uh, fair and unique that, uh, and Minnesota, I think is going about it the right way. They're not getting too far ahead of themselves or figuring out what's going on, but it's enough to, um, you know, to, to justify some things, right? Yeah, exactly. I think they're doing, you know, they're taking the process that needs to be taken. They're not jumping into, you know, high conclusions and they're not taking it slowly. They're just doing it at the right speed. All right, so you got the Badgers. As we're recording, it's Wednesday afternoon, so a little more than 24 hours from as we're talking here on campus. You guys will have the rival Wisconsin. I Maybe it's happened. I'm sure we could look, but this seems like the maybe the earliest matchup I can remember with these two <laughs> border rivals uh, conference. Obviously, they have a new coach, Mike Hastings, who you guys have seen um, when he was coaching at Minnesota State Mankato. You last year and then, you know, over the course of, uh, you know, previous years, of course, with other guys. What can you tell us about the Badgers? What do you see from them? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously they're a pretty different team from this year, uh, from last year. You know, Tony Granato was a really good coach. He was an offensive skilled coach. He understood the game really well. And then, you know, he handed off to Mike Hastings. And you can kind of see how Mankato played as a team. You know, they're more of a gritty, determined team. And, and you mix that determination with the skill that Wisconsin had. You know, it, it can create havoc on our team. And, you know, just kind of watching their their film and seeing what they have you know they're going to be a, a strong team and we can't take them lightly you know they obviously have a returning goalie from last year but I think you know if we kind of take the same route on North Dakota and not give them any you know solitary chances I think that will be okay. thing that impressed me the most and that run was so fun to watch you guys um, really from start to finish was the relentless nature every night like you play as many games as you guys do and it's a long season October till you hope April right <laughs> that's a long time longest college season of any sport but it was you figure somewhere there's going to be a clunker or an off night you might have had one maybe the one Wisconsin game Arizona State but you guys were having Thanksgiving meals at the nice. So, you know, maybe it's understandable, but it was pretty relentless. You guys were good almost every night. I mean, that was amazing. Yeah, I think just, you know, we obviously took a couple nights off last year, whereas we realized we can't do that. I think, you know, those losses, they kind of they, they put setbacks in our team. But I think every team needs to face adversity, honestly. Just adversity really, really helped our leadership group and helped us, you know, work through our problems. And, you know, we obviously realized our mistakes and we worked on from them. And I think kind of, you know, having those adversity steps in our year were huge last year. And I think this last Saturday, North Dakota, it was a little bit of an adversity step. And it's really good for our young guys to kind of learn from that and, you know, taken into this weekend yeah how do you how do you now learning as you mentioned last year from the favors of the world and stuff that you think about that um it was a frozen four the year before you got here and those guys i'm sure they wanted to get fast forward and just get right back to it and i could see how it'd be easy to kind of sleepwalk through a part of the season knowing how talented you were they never did so how do you do that you're ranked number one you're one of the leaders on this team to say look guys it we want to get there but we got to come out every night and be good. Yeah, I think it's just kind of taking the same uh, uh, advice that those guys gave me last year. It's kind of just taking it day by day. You know, those guys are never jumping in the future and they're never looking at the past. It's just kind of taking it month by month. And I think, you know, that uh, our guys can do that this year. Our older guys, Nevers, you know, Bradzinski, Nelson and, and Kessler, those guys have all been through it. They understand, you know, what it takes to get there. And I think it's just kind of how we take it day by day, just practice by practice is what we learn the most from. That um, that game, the f you get down to Tampa. What do you take from that the, the championship game, which you're a minute, two minutes from, you know, the dream hoisting mm -hmm. the trophy. Um, now, what do you take from that into this year? I think it's just straight motivation factor. I think just kind of, you know, stepping on the ice, realizing every day, you know what, we lost that game by, you know, three, four minutes. And, and every time you step on the ice from now on, it's, you know, we want to win that national championship. And that's the goal we have set on mind. But it's just kind of back to taking it day by day. We can't step into the frozen four right now because, you know, we have a whole season to play and we have to win games. So I think just kind of having that day by day factor and learning, you know, each and every day from our teammates is something huge. You mentioned Nevers, you mentioned uh, Kester and your yourself and others in there uh, I would guess Brodzinski he's been around a, you know seems like forever um, how, how how important is Justin close to all this too in terms of leadership and obviously yeah. a production on the ice but um, he seems like a guy that uh, that that people can get behind yeah I haven't really mentioned him I mean he's the backbone of our team honestly he's you know kept us in 
you know three four games this year he understands uh he's been here for five years so he he gets the backbone of minnesota hockey and without that guy you know we wouldn't even be where we are right now at, in, in our standings so to kind of have him as a leadership role is to see what he sees and what he brings to the table every day i think you know he's the most mature guy on our team by far he's just he understands what it takes to you know bring young guys in and teach them what what they need to know and you know he has that maturity with him all the time you're a property of the st louis blues um you have attended what one or two of their camps now two two what uh do you keep track of it much or are you focused mostly on uh you know go for hockey obviously but do you do you kind of keep a, at least out of the side of your vision uh, what's going on in st louis yeah a little bit i say i think just kind of you know keeping track of the standings i watch you know basically every one of the games they play at night i just kind of you know laying in bed turn it on and kind of see their, their games and their skill level obviously it's a it's another level but i think obviously i'm focusing on go for hockey and living here on campus and you know you only live college once so I think just kind of you know having that mindset you know obviously I can watch their games and see what they have see their see their skills but I think just kind of living in the present with the Gophers. Those prospect camps what do you learn from those can you uh, take stuff from that and incorporate it into your game at the collegiate level? Yeah I think just kind of what St. Louis has to offer is pretty cool the play development coaches they're they're really smart people and you know the GM there is a, is a really smart guy he understands the game really well and I think just kind of knowing what those you know player development guys have to offer and you know the talent at the camp is pretty insane you know obviously they have the top draft picks there so I mean it's 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 really cool to you know go against those guys and see their skill level and see what they have to offer as hockey players but I think just kind of you know taking a lot of things from camp as as I've come. Last week uh, you, you were uh, you you, you did an interview with uh, with a bunch of us in kind of a group setting, and you were asked about the North Dakota rivalry. And of course, your dad and grandpa played for the Gophers, and that's a big thing. You you mentioned something in, in that answer that you know it wasn't a necessarily a slam dunk that you'd end up at Minnesota. You had a top five ish, and mm-hmm. take me through that recruiting process because I suppose I, you know I look at it and I'm like, oh, of course he was going to be a Gopher, but there's a lot of good opportunities you know outside of Minneapolis too. So how'd that all work out? Yeah, I think it was it, it wasn't necessarily all Minnesota, like I've said before. I think you know there was a lot of other schools in there that I debated going to uh you know like you said North Dakota you know Boston Wisconsin all the all the schools are in there and I didn't necessarily have my foot set in the door at Minnesota but you know once I came here and you know saw the players that were coming in here and you know who uh, see who I was going to practice against every day you know going against guys like you know Nisey and and, uh Cools Fabes and Comer and even Ryan Johnson in practice you know it's like like I can become this much better in practice every day if I, you know, go to this school. And I think I wasn't obviously sure they were going to come back or not. But once they stepped foot and came back in the door, I think that I thought, wow, this is the spot for me to be. What do you think um, your dad and your grandpa think when they see you skate out there? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously they're really happy for me. And I'd say, you know, my grandpa always really wanted me to go here, but my dad didn't care as much. But I think just every time they see me step on the ice, you know, they're so happy to, you know, see me as a gopher and see me out there with, uh, you know, all the teammates and friends and guys, you know, from, we have a lot of guys from Minnesota, which is really cool. But I think just kind of to have them there to stands, it, it means a lot more than what comes to the eye. When you are in front of 10,000, you score a goal, the rouser plays, they're chanting the MIN, you're parents and family are up there friends students yeah. that you know what's what's that emotion like it's it's crazy honestly every time there's no better feeling than you know scoring a goal at Mariucci just because you grew up watching it and I remember you know literally three three four years ago standing in you know that the whatever section watching the game hearing the rouser and then you know you play your first game and it's like whoa this is really happening and then you know obviously coming my second year and it still feels the exact same skating onto the ice and scoring a goal I think it's it, it there's really no other feeling like it when it's jammed it's loud yeah, it's yeah. super loud. It's That's crazy. Um, who were some of the guys when you were growing up that played for the Gophers that maybe you watched? Did you have favorite guys that you watched? Yeah, I think there was a lot of guys. I really liked watching around Bukestad. I think those two were kind of the guys that I, I grew up watching. And I remember just watching them play NTDP one year, and I, I had no idea what NTDP was. And those guys were, I mean, it was so <laughs> cool to just see that they were playing a USA hockey team. And, and obviously I watched other guys, you know, like Middlestad was in there. He's such a skilled player. Rem Pillick was kind of the area, area when I was at PUE, and I kind of realized, like, these guys, you know, they're really talented hockey players. And I just 
kind of seeing that, that North Dakota series when they would come here. It's, you know, it's all kind of a, a little bit of a dream now, but it's, it's really cool to think about. I remember when we talked on the, uh, on the, uh, it wasn't the podcast. It was a, uh, it was a different feature that we were doing on, on zoom. You mentioned that your grandpa still gets on the ice. Is he yeah. still getting out there and yeah. playing like every week? Yeah, he is. Or? He's still on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's uh, amazing. Yeah, I think he's, I mean, he might be 86 now. I'm, I'm not sure exact on his age, but, you know, he's still skating and having a good time. How, um, have you gone and watched him or skated with him much? Yeah, when I was uh, probably 10, 8 to 12 years old, I used to go out there with my cousin every Tuesday and Thursday and skate with him. Obviously, that was, I don't know, a little while ago, but he was still pretty old out there. <laughs> no, they, those guys, are they all have a good time, honestly. It's really cool to see how hockey, you know, can support you your whole life. So is he, is, it a, is he in a league or is he just out skating or is it like an old man's yeah, it used to be a league. They used to go to Florida every year, and uh, I don't even—I'm not 100 percent sure on it. But they used to play in Florida against other guys. I think it's a 50 and up league. I want to say 55 and up. But they, yeah, they show up there Tuesday and Thursdays, and then they have a beer after all the guys, and <laughs> you know, make some food. So it keeps them young. Probably, yeah, exactly. Right? Um, and this is your this is your mom's dad, yeah. right? So, yeah. um, so you kind of have it on both sides: mm-hmm. your mom's dad and then your dad. Yep. And uh, here we are, three generations <laughs> later. Yeah. Um, so, how did your mom and dad meet? Through hockey? Or, uh, yeah, it was actually a. I don't even know, a lot of weird stories. So my grandpa actually refed my dad, too, uh, when he was on the Olympic team. And it would have been at the the old Wild Rink. I don't, I'm not sure. St. Paul, maybe? Said yeah, I don't know. Something? Yeah, yeah, something. But my dad was playing. He was on the Olympic team, and I, my grandpa was refing him. And I, I think my mom was at the game that my dad was playing, and they hadn't met yet. But they, you know, they met when they were 28, 29, I think. At, uh, my mom was working at Joe Sensors, and... Uh, can't remember who introduced them. It was, uh, it was a hockey guy too, but I think it's just like so weird to think that they were so close and then they met in the future. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And both your gr- dad and grandpa pl- were Olympians, right? Yep. My uh, grandpa was on the 62 Olympic team, I think 60 or 62 or 64, I'm not sure. And then dad was 88 Olympic team. Yeah. And um, got to be a dream of yours at some point, right? <laughs> keep going, progressing. How fun would yeah. that be? No, I mean, be you've crazy. been on, I mean, where's hockey taking you? We mentioned mm-hmm. Nova Scotia and some other spots already, right? Yeah, Switzerland a couple times, Germany too. Uh, you know, at NTDP does a really good job of, you know, kind of creating the, you know, European trips. And, you know, it's taken me a lot of places, honestly. it's I'm really fortunate to be in the spot I am. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, hey, I'll let you get back to it game as we tape game tomorrow of uh, game one of a two-game set with the Badgers let's go out and uh, and beat the Badgers twice this week <laughs> yeah hopefully all right very good thank you good to see you yeah good to see you too thanks that's Gopher star Jimmy Snuggerud on episode number 93 of the Go Gopher podcast I hope you enjoyed that conversation with him as much as I enjoyed chatting with him we also want to thank Minnesota kicker Dragon Kesich who as always was so compelling in our first interview segment sponsored by Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union with great pro- product, support, and people. That's a banking hat trick to use some hockey vernacular right after talking with the great Jimmy Snuggerud. We're also presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. Cub sponsors the Go Gopher podcast. Cub is the official grocer of the Golden Gophers. Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis is proud to sponsor the Go Gopher podcast. Head Flyer Brewing is just a mile and a half from the stadium, Stop in for great-tasting craft beer tonight. And don't forget Head Flyer Brewing as a pregame and postgame go for football option for home games, including this weekend. Come on in and warm up before and after Minnesota and Michigan State. We're also brought to you by State Farm agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts, and right now, please click the subscribe button to the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to listen and free to subscribe. And please share the link to the podcast with others so they can subscribe and listen as well. We'll talk again next week.